Hey friends, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm Rob Kosberg, and every week I show you how to use a best-selling book to grow your income and your impact. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, I recorded a short video explaining our trademarked process at beginmybook.com. All right. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Rob Kosberg back with another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I got a great guest today in the financial field. Uh, Mark Willis is a certified financial planner, a three-time best-selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services uh, in Chicago. Over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax-efficient financial solutions. We need that more than ever these days. Mark is also the co-host of his own podcast, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Love the name. He shares his strategies for investing in real estate, paying for college without going broke, uh, and creating an income in retirement that you will not outlive. Uh, That is the whole idea of retirement, right? So, uh, Mark, thanks so much for being on. Looking forward to hearing about your wisdom. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I think it'll be fun. You know, we're as we were saying, we're both uh, quite familiar with uh, the podcast idea. And so I love to be spontaneous with things. I do know a bit about the financial services space. I was on your website. I was trying to learn a little bit more. I It looks like your uh, one of your focuses is infinite banking. Uh, maybe we could take a minute and you could explain to me like who your average client is and, you know, what the mark magic is, uh, you you know, that you would put somebody through the five steps, six steps, whatever, to kind of take them from where they're at to where they want to be. Well, that's a mouthful. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'll say that people are tired of the oh so average way of doing things with finance. We've seen the end result of the failed experiment that is the 401k. I know that's a bold opinion, mm. uh, but here we are now. We're 40 years in to the, 40, uh, to the 401k experiment. Yeah. And are we better off as a country? As a result, wow. I would contend, no, we okay. are not. You know, I actually met a guy who got his 401k the first year they offered in 1981, met a guy still working 40 years later, and he had only a couple hundred grand in that 401k Ooh. after all those years. Now, Ooh. some people might say, wow, a couple hundred grand, that sounds great. But, you know, the, the math works years. out. Yeah. yeah, not after 40 years. Yeah, wow. the, the math works out that he's going to have about three or 400 bucks a month he can live on. Wow. After 40 years of you know, you know company matches and no, oh, by the way, that's a tax deferred financial vehicle. Wow. Now, what does defer mean? It just means push out into the future, wait until later. And I believe taxes are like a root canal, Rob. Maybe you agree. Yeah. Um, and would you really want to defer your root canal for 30 or 40 years like that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's so. only going to be I worse. Think we want to yeah. get it over with as soon as possible. That's or right. Yeah. Or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you think like most of our clients that taxes are likely going to go higher in the future. Who knows right. when? You know, I'm, I don't care who the president is or who Congress is. Taxes, the math party is going to win the election. Okay. Right. The math right. party is going to win the election. And taxes are very likely going to go up over our lifetime. Yeah. So why push that out into the future? That's, that's the failed experiment of the 401k. Now, Rob, you asked a question. I'll finally get to it. We look at strategies outside of Wall Street, and we are a full financial firm. I'm a certified financial planner, uh, so we do take a comprehensive approach to people's overall financial objectives. 
And, you know, we don't have uh, an allergic reaction to stocks and investing, but we just think that you can take more control, especially if you're a business owner, especially if you're into real estate investing, especially if you're looking to take some control over your money without losing the opportunity to let it grow for you or to have access to it. Uh, That's really our sweet spot, the people we love to work with. And uh, we use a tool called Bank on Yourself. Some people call it infinite banking uh, that helps people do take control of their future without taking unnecessary risk. Mm, I love it. So uh, for those that aren't familiar with banking on yourself, why don't you explain the idea in as simple terms as possible? I I have a number of policies myself. I love it. It is something that I wish I'd have learned about 20 or 30 years ago. So explain the concept there and how someone might be able to use it. Well, you're among a very special select group of people who understand that banking is the solution, but banks are the problem. I would say (laughs) that more people, if even just 10% of America began doing what you're already doing, Rob, think of what that would do to the overall economy, the credit card industry, the mortgage industry. So here it is in plain, simple language as best as I can. It doesn't matter what you got on your mutual funds last year, so much as it matters who's in control of the banking function in your life. Whoever's sitting behind the banker's desk is going to win in the financial game in your life. Hmm. I drove through a small town in Texas. I used to live in Texas for a couple of years, going to school in the desert, as I say. And always there were three buildings in these small little Texas towns. There was the bank, the church, and the bar. Yeah, And that was sort of the order most people live their lives. First, they you know go to the bank, get into debt. Then they, you know, go to the church to, you know, pray for help. Yeah. And then they end up at the bar to drink their sorrows away. The <laughs> banks take them. <laughs> that's good. Banks take the take the profits. That's why they're the biggest buildings in town. Yep. And so if you could become your own banker, not just be debt free, that's not the answer. Why is debt free the answer? No, it's that's like living your life on the starting block of your marathon. Yeah. You know, I don't want to live my life right on the starting line right. of my race. Right. I want we to go far. start life debt free, debt free. Don't That's we? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can't take it with you and you're not born right. with anything. So right. if you want to be better than debt free, you got to be the bank. Right. And that's where you can pay yourself and borrow from yourself and actually yeah. profit from your own projects, whether it's buying a car or sending your kid to college or investing in your business. Okay. So I'll, I'll quickly wrap this up, but essentially it's it's using an asset that's been around for 200 plus years. Uh, it's guaranteed to grow for you every single year outside of the stock market mm-hmm. by a contract issued by an insurance company. It's an insurance policy. In fact, it's a dividend paying whole life insurance policy. Yep. And if it's carefully constructed the right way, you can use it, have access to the money with no taxes due. That's cool. Yeah. It grows on a guaranteed basis every single year, no matter what the markets are doing. Right. That's awesome if you're a business owner and needing some kind of predictable growth, yep. place to park your profits. It is life insurance, of course, so we can always leave our families more than we could save for them. And then finally, you can use it like a bank in that you can borrow against the policy itself. Hmm. And when you do that, you're in control. You're, the dri- you're in the driver's seat. You could borrow 100 grand from your policy and then pay it back over two months or two years or 25 years. Right. And while you have that loan outstanding, and this is the mind blowing part to this whole thing, Rob, as you have that loan outstanding, the policy will continue to grow even on that capital that you borrowed. Yeah. As yeah. if you had not touched a dime of it. It's, yeah. it's remarkable. Right. Right. Instead of borrowing that money at, 
even 7%, 6%, 5% in the form of a mortgage or or whatever. Uh, So yeah, it's definitely something for people to pay attention to. I'm sure we'll give them some links so they can learn a little bit more about uh, that from you, your your website, your resources, that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. you've you've said something that that intrigues me and that I've thought a lot about uh, in the last probably four or five years, but more ever than ever the last six months, and that is control. So I wonder what your thoughts are. You know, we, um, we of course, uh, you know, have come through a pandemic, which seemingly is over um, in that uh, the media isn't speaking about it any longer. You know, how much it is or, or isn't or was or wasn't uh, is, I guess, questionable. And in 50 or 100 years, they'll look back and try to figure that out. But, you know, now we are experiencing this terrible crisis in the Ukraine. Russia has all kinds of reserves, billions and billions of dollars, which the the West has now cut them off from money and reserves that are actually theirs from the banking system. In in essence, taking their control away from even resources that are theirs and, and money that is theirs. I'm not saying that what they're doing is right. I'm not arguing for or against it. I'm just stating a fact. Uh, of course, uh, what happened a few weeks ago, which is no longer being spoken about, where Trudeau took took power and uh, with a terrorist type uh, clause, basically uh, confiscated people's bank accounts that even gave fifty dollars through a GoFundMe to the the trucker protest. Again, right. not not speaking for or against any of this, but people right. for the first time lost control of their money because it was sitting in banks. Or because it was sitting in, you know, a more federal institution, which they thought was safe. Even crypto, even crypto has been seized, and right? So they, the the unhackable. To, that's right. Yeah. So talk to me about that. What is your thought on that? I didn't think we'd go in this direction, but you said control <laughs> three or four times, and I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, what's the common denominator? Banking, right? Yes. There's a book by David Graeber. Rob, the book is called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Debt, The First 5,000 Years. Okay. Let that title sink in for a minute. Yeah. I wish you would uh, help publish that book because, boy, it's yeah. it's a doozy. But wow. my goodness, it's proof that we have this banking DNA embedded right into the human project. It's as old as friendship. It's as old as cave paintings. Wow. Banking is going to be around for a long time. Right. And whoever controls the banking function, whether it's a personal family or individual or business owner or a country, whoever controls the banking is going to win. Hmm. That's my prediction. Right. I don't know the future, right. but I know the past. I can, I can at least learn from the past. Right. And whoever is in control of the banking function will win. Right. And so you're right. There's a, there's a big big part of the equation of, of a lot of the news cycle today um, that talks about banking. But that was true in 2008. Yeah. You know, that was true in the 1980s uh, savings and loans crisis yes. in the 1980s. And keep going back, you know, the, the Federal Reserve's um, uh, massive money printing projects, sure. the Great Depression of the 30s. It's all related back to banks and banking. Wow. And, you know, clear back to 1913 when we had the establishment, uh, the establishment of the Federal Reserve Bank. Sure. You know, and, and I do not wear a, a, a tinfoil hat. Right. I don't believe in conspiracies, <laughs> but I believe that there are no coincidences. That's for yeah. sure. So, you know, with all that in mind, you know, what could you do to not just protect yourself from somebody? Because maybe you have a different political leaning, maybe just replace Biden with Trump or some other, you know, red, red or blue. 
Yeah. And replace the issue of the truckers with something that you really care about. If exactly. you don't, it you know, makes no it, difference, it's, right? It's, it makes it's, no difference. Yeah. yeah. The, the point is, would you want, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Would you want a $50 donation to ruin your life because you happen to say the wrong thing or tweet the wrong thing or donate right. to the wrong cause? And that to me is the problem. And if we can bring banking back down to the you and me level, not only can we secede from that mm. project of letting someone else outsource our banking function, right. but we can actually take advantage of the banking function. I'll tell you a quick story uh, that's a little more lighthearted. Please. <laughs> uh, have a have a client who, um, re, you know, he was he's a very successful uh, painter, like painting houses, et cetera. Couple million bucks a year in revenue, good for him. Couple of employees, and he was paying several thousand bucks a month in interest. Okay, it totaled totaled to about thirty percent of his revenue hmm. just paying banks. Wow, you know the, these guys like Cabbage and some other you know uh, business lines of credit and so forth. High interest. I mean, we're talking um, very high interest, five and sometimes you know even uh, um, excuse me, uh, yeah, two or even three digit interest rates. Wow. Uh, so given that he's got he's got this massive kind of boulder on him and you know these banks are sucking him dry. He called them leeches. Yeah. Uh, and one step at a time he set up a couple of these bank on yourself designed whole life policies yeah. and he bought back all of his debt one by one from these, you know, sharks, these leeches. Right. And now he pays himself that same payment to himself on his own standard, on his own control. He could skip a few payments. He could yeah. not pay pay at all. Wait until you know, a good client comes through and pay off the loan to the policy. If you never pay off the policy, it just deducts from the death benefit when you pass away. Yeah. So yeah. I always recommend folks at least look at this, you know, keep an open mind. Don't necessarily take the 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 average advice of the, as I say, the oh so average financial media. Who tells you to put it all in the stock market? Well, why do you think they're telling you to put it in the stock market? You know, yeah. if you ask a barber if you need a haircut, <laughs> you can bet what his answer is going to be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. think for yourself. That's the problem. I think most people um, don't think, uh, and I think myself included. I, I very for a very long time just took the average advice. And there's an old quote that says, "You know, ten percent of people think. Another ten percent think that they think." And the other, the rest of us would rather die than think. Yeah. So be a part of that ten percent, and you know, think for yourself. Think why is this happening, and what can you do to not just protect yourself from the likes of you know politicians or mega banks or whatever, but also to to profit from yeah. the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, we one thing I don't want to do is make this more complicated than it is, because in one sense, you only have to think about this once or twice, and then you can automate it and you can set things up so that just like your normal banking processes, you're doing these things with your infinite banking or your banking on yourself processes, just like you took the painter from relying on these high interest rate loans and eventually you know he only had to think about it once or twice and really figure out what's better for me and then you put it you installed a process i assume that just moved everything over now he never has to really think about that again and of mm -hmm. course we'll give them some you know whether it's your your late growth website or we'll give them some links where they can learn more about this but look this is this is in everybody's best interest to really consider this stuff i mean we're 
we're, you know, I mean, we're on the verge of losing reserve currency status. You know, the U.S. dollar, we're, we're certainly seeing things change that probably most of us in our lifetime, and I'm 57, have never seen before. Uh, the next few years are going to be um, very tumultuous, I think. And uh, we, we need to be prepared as much as possible for that. That's right. Yeah. If, if I could just put a fine point on that, I think, you know, the painter friend and client of which we have, you know, over a thousand clients all across the country in all 50 states, we meet with them over Zoom, over the phone. Nice. And it's a, it's a picture of sort of what it looks like when you take the baby steps toward these processes and controls. We have a trademarked process called the debt snowbank method. Not the debt snowball method, the yeah. debt snowbank method. Nice. Uh, and the concept there is, you know, it's there's something better than just being debt free. He could have yeah. just paid off those old sharks, those old leeches, and just yeah. paid cash for all of his paint and all that. But what's the good of that, right? Yeah. What's the problem with paying cash for things? Well, when you when you pay cash for inventory or your next car or your kid's college, if you pay cash for all that stuff, you've lost the opportunity to keep growing that money for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, someone taught me, Mark, don't do what banks are telling you to do with your money. Instead, watch what they're doing and go do that instead. Yeah. yeah. So what this gentleman has learned to do is to think and act like a bank where you borrow against yourself, just like banks do. They when they when they take a deposit from Rob or Mark, that money goes into a deposit account and sits there in a vault, right? They don't touch it. No, of course not. <laughs> the bank immediately lends it out to the next guy behind us in line. Yeah. Uh, and takes a massive immense amount of like obscene amounts of profit off right. that. Right. Uh, so while paying you, know, you 0.1% to, or that's right. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm, I'm convinced now fully, you know, and I agree with you on, on, um, the recklessness of the, the project that we're on as a country, but, you know, I don't know if you have to agree with either Rob or me to, to think about this carefully, look at where your money is going and look at what it's doing. When you put money into real estate, when you put money into stocks, especially stocks, bonds, mutual funds, I call those retail amateur investment products. When you put money into those, they're essentially paper wealth going up and down, right? Yeah. When you have your money in cash, like a savings money market, checking savings, you've put your faith behind the, the almighty dollar, mm. uh, which is going to go up and down. But if you have contracts with a private institution and contracts might be a real estate deal, you know? I mean, what's the only thing that really makes real estate real? It's the paper contract that backs that real estate. Otherwise, all you have is squatter's rights. Yeah, true. And the same is true with insurance contracts. If you don't have a contract with your wealth, with your future, you're not going to make it. You got to have a contract written with your future, guaranteed to meet that obligation for your family or your future retirement. Have a contract with your future. Yeah. And that's what insurance contracts are really allowing us to do. It's the only thing I'm aware of as a CFP that actually has a guarantee that you're going to meet your obligation for your retirement. Hate to be like that guy who started a 401k 40 years ago yeah. and has nothing really to show for it much after all those years. Rather, it's neat to see, and, and Rob, you might attest this to this too, it's neat to see that, hey, I can look at my statement here today and there's a projection in my contract with this insurance company that says, I'm going to have X million dollars by the time I'm 65 or whatever. Right. That's on a guarantee. It says the word guarantee right yeah. there. That's pretty neat. It I don't is. know if you'd factor that into to your conversations or not, Rob, but it's, it's well, huge. Look, there's a reason that I did it and uh, I did it as a business owner. I, I wanted as a business owner and anybody that is a business owner, pay attention to this. As a business owner, I wanted um, my money to be safe. I wanted my money to be accessible 
as I need it. And I wanted my money to grow, which the bank was not allowing for. So if I carry several hundred thousand dollars in my account because I you know, I, I have a business and I need access to to that, then yes, I have control, I have access to it, but it's not growing for me. There is no future for that money. In fact, with inflation, it is losing perhaps 6 or 7% of its value every single year. So I need to do something about that, and that's part of why I did this. So I took I took several contracts out, as you, you described, and I have access to that capital. I bought a piece of real estate last year. How did I do it? I, I borrowed against myself for that real estate purchase uh and i'm paying back myself happily because it's great it's all me that's great how cool (laughs) is that yeah that's awesome rob well congratulations finding that step toward freedom that's awesome and and for business owners out there don't don't think that it's just overnight you know i'd say quickly to anybody listening that it's not a get rich quick scheme it's certainly not it's get rich for sure but it's not get rich quick and you really you you you've been a very patient with your capital, Rob, to be able to build up wealth in order to be able to make that deal with the real estate. I'm sure, but what a cool benefit you get for being patient. And yeah. so, well done, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, this is great. I mean, people need to hear this. I, I hope it's helpful to people. And as I said, we'll give them some links. But let's change gears. Let's yeah, talk sure. about your books because uh, you know our our listener either is an author or you know is looking to use their books or potential books in the future to uh, attract new clients, speaking engagements, etc. So you've written several books that you've participated in, and uh, I know it's not easy to write a book. We've done a whole lot of them, so it's difficult. Even with a team like mine, no one does more than one unless they're receiving benefit. So talk to me about how you use your books, what you do with your books to grow your business and attract more clients. Well, thank you. And you guys are, I'm most impressed with the process to get to the point where you've published as many books as you have. Uh, So you're obviously onto something important there. Yep. My personal experience with uh, book publishing is I need a friend to do it with me to make it possible to keep me accountable to it. And so co-authoring with important you know influencers, if you want to use that loaded yeah. term, um, but just mastermind leaders, uh, people who are making a difference in their community, uh, people who have communities of practice mm-hmm. that they're embedded into. I think that's been a real key for me. Yeah. So in all three of my best-selling books, I was uh, certainly writing on the coattails of some real experts uh, that that I was not only able to to write the content with, uh, but embed that book right into a community mm. that was you know just hungry for the content. Love it. So uh, for us, I'll give a couple of examples. the uh, The book um, "How to Be an Amazon Legend and Fire Your Banker." Yeah. Well, you can already tell what some of that content is going to be about, right, Rob? Sure. Uh, so that's all we've been talking about. <laughs> that's right, man. Well, you know, I, I always say you got to be a specialist at something, right. um, or you'll be a specialist at nothing, uh, and you'll be paid like a specialist of nothing. So be a specialist first of all. So we we found that that's the, one of the small hinges that can swing the big door in one's financial life is to take back control of that banking function. So the book "How to Be an Amazon Legend and Fire Your Banker" was a book to a specific audience, a community, a mastermind group called Amazon Legends. Hmm. And they are several thousand members who have e-commerce business owner websites on Amazon or Walmart or you know all these different e-delivery platforms, right? Interesting. And they're all selling inventory and 
products and lots of stuff. Everything from, you know, groceries to blankets and, and electric blankets and all this all this stuff in between. So anyway, they all need big inventory surges, especially in Q4. And Q4 has this funny way of coming around every year. Uh, so, so having a big pile of contingent capital sitting ready to go, dry powder to deploy for all that inventory in a policy, let's say, where you can borrow against it and it keeps growing as if you hadn't borrowed against the cash. Yeah. So if I borrowed out 30 grand for inventory, I've got the inventory on the shelves of my e-commerce e- e- site, but I've also got the policy growing at a modest four, five, six percent. Um, that's a great deal. That's some yeah. arbitrage right there in the in the world of business. We love that stuff. And then they can take their time selling the inventory at a higher price to pay it off on their own terms, uh, rather than rushing to get it paid off before the credit card comes due, or Amazon Lending or Payables.com starts begging them and, and wrecking down their their door at dinner time. Mm. So that was sort of the first book. And again, I wrote it, co-authored it with Danny Stock, who was the leader of that mastermind group. And that really is what promoted it to bestseller because they all just gobbled it up. And yeah. thankfully, we had that option to, to do that. So that's been, and it further embeds me in the community. Um, hopefully, we're writing directly to that audience. And you know, we're able to, to not just write it for the general someone. We've got someone very specific in mind. Good. Good. Love that. Love that. And outside of that audience, I mean, you have other books as well. Are there some specific things that that you do uh, with your book, you know, for your own, even uh, local marketing that you're doing in the Chicago area? Or as you said, you have a thousand clients, you know, throughout the country. Certainly some came from launching within that Amazon community, which very, very smart. I love that. Other things? Do you use your book? Like, do you do speaking engagements or uh, have you used your books to get on media? I, I, actually, we're on this podcast today because of your your book. So that's at least one example, but others there you go. like that? Yeah. yeah the, you know, I've had the privilege of writing another, co-authoring another book with Monica Sawyer and she's famous. Uh, her podcast is, uh, let's see, it's Real Estate Investing for Women. Yes, yes. And uh, so I had, you know, the, the book is of the same title and I don't know how she got me in that book, you know, being of the male persuasion here, but uh, <laughs> she had me on, <laughs> and I've been able to then speak to her audience again. Most of our business is national, yeah. Uh, so you know, Chicagoland is where I live, but uh, most of our clients ex- actually are outside of Chicagoland. We've got some local, of course, but uh, probably you know the vast majority are outside since we do everything virtually, yeah. Uh, and it's been it's just just been great to lead with that and to offer my my book chapters as as kind of free material for folks that want to get to know me, date right. me a little bit before they, you know, sign up for a 15-minute phone call where we chat a bit more about their personal situation. Right. Uh, so that's been a really great opportunity. Good. And I'd say for the most part it's just been, you know, don't count your book as you probably have shared Rob, don't count your book as as your big money maker. It's more of the best business card you could possibly have. Yep. And it opens the door to many great conversations and joint ventures. Yep. Yep, totally agree. It it changes the framing of who a person is speaking to when they know that you're an author because it's so difficult to to write a great book when they know that you've done that and that your books have been successful they've sold a lot of copies it just changes the frame all of a sudden um, you talked a moment ago about being a specialist Uh, uh, we teach our clients something called the hierarchy of desire and uh, you know in most industries everybody is a generalist 
And the generalists, even doctors and even those that are highly educated, they make the least amount of money in their profession. If you want to make more money, if you want to serve more people, then you need to rise up that hierarchy of desirability, which is with a book, with media appearances, with, you know, specialist, expert, thought leader, even celebrity status, which comes with, you know, TV, radio, multiple books, etc. And that changes the complete frame. Now, somebody is chasing you instead of you chasing them to become a customer. And so uh, love that. What you're doing is obviously solid. It's working for you. And what you're doing and serving people is working for others. So, you know, love that. Yeah. And, and congrats Rob, you've, on that. You've- well, you've really figured out the business model of the future. You know, we, we're no longer in the yellow pages. There is no, yeah. you know, local financial advisor shop that you know your grandpa went to when he was, you know, just getting set up or whatever. I would say, in general, we're looking for people that can solve our problem and are speaking our language. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And and who was it who said uh, you'd rather have a thousand true fans than mm. you know a million casual acquaintances, sure. whatever? Uh, forgive me, I'm going to butcher that quote, but. You know, being famously influential to a small group of people makes a great deal of sense to me. And it just seems like a more sane, more enjoyable life than trying to, you know, chase people down and beg yeah. them to, to pay attention because we're all so scattered and, and there's so much to go, you know, into this little, little brain of, of mine and with all of ours. And so uh, being ready and, and I guess to attract rather than to just pull people in uh, yeah. is probably just a better more sane life for me. Yeah. Well, for me too. I know what it's like to cold call. I know what it's like to knock on doors. I did that as a younger person. This is much preferable. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, and I'll, I'll just make maybe say something that I don't know if your audience has heard before, but have you ever been to the park? And I don't know, do you have kids or have older I, kids I have grew up? boys. They're older. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So when they were young, uh, you'd go to the park and you'd be watching your kids play, whatever. And I always felt like I'm going to say something that's going to sound sort of weird, but when you knew that this is another parent across the, the park and he's he or she's watching his kid play or her kid play, you knew that they at least were a good enough human being to raise a child, mm-hmm. right? That they had the patience and the capacity to bring a child to a park on a beautiful sunny day. They're at least reasonably enough yeah. like adjusted to, to life that you could approach them and say hello versus say somebody you just randomly saw on the street. Right. Does that distinction make sense? Yeah. So if you've written a book, okay, if you've written a book, you at least have the professionalism, the patience, the thoughtfulness to have something more than just, you know, some scam artist who's hanging his shingle or her shingle to rip you off. So looking for those with a book in their hand, who's written that book, you at least know that they're a specialist to your word that gives you the confidence that you can trust that person at least to have a 15 minute phone call with them. Yep. If nothing else. Yep. Totally. Agree. Strange analogy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it is, but it, it lands. So very, very good. So Mark, great to have you on. Um, where can people learn a little bit more about you? Let's give them some links so they can learn about the whole infinite banking uh, bank on yourself concept, et cetera. Sure. Yeah. Well, I've got actually a free chapter of one of my books. Great. Uh, if you go to bit.ly slash B-O-Y real estate, that's Bravo Oscar Yo-Yo B-O-Y. So that's bit.ly slash boy real estate, bit.ly slash boy real estate. 
And you can connect with me, get to know us a bit, find our podcast link and uh, sign up on there to meet with me for 15 minutes. And also, of course, get a couple of chapters from the book, uh, Real Estate Investing for Women. And even if you're of the male persuasion like I am, I think you'll still get some value out of it. Love it. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll put those links in the show notes as well and make sure everybody has those. Uh, Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for sharing your uh, wisdom with authenticity and, uh, you know, helping our audience to bank on themselves, which is something that obviously I believe in and I think they should be doing. So thank you, my friend. Awesome. Thank you, Rob. Hey, thanks for listening in on the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute and like and subscribe to the podcast because every week I bring you either great guests or great teaching to help you to grow your income and your impact with a best-selling book. And if you're interested in having your own best-selling book, check out my short video which explains our trademark process at beginmybook.com.